You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everyone. Tim McMaster here along with our MLB.com Yankees reporter, Brian Hoke. And, Brian, uh, you're making the trip to Florida via car, not flying this year? Yeah, getting a couple miles under our tires. You know, living in New York, don't have a car, uh, can't park one in Manhattan. So uh, it's an opportunity to get out on the road and see some stuff. And uh, why not? This get out is, of the snow, you know what I mean? It's going to make for a really exciting podcast, I tell you that much. <laughs> I'm not sure about that, but we'll give it a shot. All right. Well, some some news sort of at this point. It's it's the early going, but it looks like Ike Davis is likely to sign a minor league deal, which I don't think surprises anybody. And and there's rumors that the Yankees are, are certainly in the mix, which makes a lot of sense considering the injury to Greg Bird, I guess. But what's your thoughts on that, on, on Ike Davis being in the organization, at least as, I guess, some sort of insurance? Well, I think it makes some sense. That, you know, talking to Brian Cashman last week, after the Greg Bird injury, he said it was more likely they were going to try and fill a triple-A first baseman rather than get somebody at the major league level. And people have suggested maybe the Yankees could go after Pedro Alvarez or Justin Morneau or one of those guys. But uh, to be honest, with Mark Teixeira is going to be your starting first baseman and Alex Rodriguez locked in as the everyday DH, I don't think they have the advance to promise a guy like that and give him a guaranteed contract. So it makes a lot more sense that they would want to find a guy who's willing to take a chance, come to camp, uh, would be willing to play down at AAA and wait for an opportunity to come up, just as Greg Bird did last year. Um, obviously, Bird came up in August and uh, played a big part for the Yankees down the stretch. Uh, Ike Davis obviously has experience in New York. I think that uh, certainly that's the kind of guy the Yankees should be looking into, and uh, it doesn't surprise me one bit that they are. All right, and then some news on Tuesday from the Yankees go as far as pitching. Uh, Masahiro Tanaka throwing off the mound for the first time since he had a bone spur removed from that elbow back in October. From what you've heard, Brian, is is that procedure going to have any effect on him as far as his schedule goes, getting into spring training and getting ready for the season? Yankees say it should. Uh, this is a pre-existing condition. This actually was something they were very aware of. Dates back to his time in Japan, he pitched through it. Um, maybe it had some kind of impact last year, but Joe Girardi said earlier this offseason that Tanaka never even complained about it. He wasn't receiving treatment on it or anything. So uh, it was clearly something that he could work through. He probably could have continued to, but decided to get it cleaned out. Um, I would expect the Yankees to be a little cautious with him, just considering the investment and how important he is to that rotation. So maybe you don't see him uh, venture deep into spring training games early in camp, but from everything we've heard, um, opening day is not out of the question for him, and, and that's probable. And if I had to guess right now, I'd say Tanaka's on the mound day before. Yeah, you would certainly think if, if we're ready to go, he would be the guy on opening day for sure. All right, well, as we get ready for spring training with pitchers and catchers set to report in the next week to 10 days, we wanted to take a chance to kind of look back on the off season. Uh, what the Yankees have done to improve this ball club between the end of 2015 and that that loss in the wild card game and opening day 2016. We'll do this chronologically, so let's go back to November, and the Yankees kind of got their hot stove season started with a trade. They got Aaron Hicks from the Twins, of course, for John Ryan Murphy, 
And and this was a move that I think just made perfect sense at the time and, and still does to trade from a strength as far as catching going where you didn't really know what John Ryan Murphy's future was and to bring in a guy like Aaron Hicks who has some upside. For sure. And, and Murphy could turn out to be a big league everyday catcher. The Twins uh, seem to believe that he will. But you're right, they were dealing from a position of spring. The Yankees had Gary Sanchez tearing up the Arizona Fall League. They figured – he would be ready to back up Brian McCann. So this is a situation where, at the very worst, Hicks could come in, he, he could hit left-handed pitching, kind of replace that Chris Young role that he filled last year. But if you roll the clock back, at the time the Yankees were still talking about they might trade Brett Gardner, and they were dangling him to try and see if they could get a starting pitcher. So the, the thinking was that if they did trade Gardner, Hicks could take over in left field. turned out that it didn't work out that way, and, now Hicks is going to come into camp as the fourth outfielder. He'll probably spell Carlos Beltran in right field late games. And, uh, but the Yankees believe he's got the talent also to be an everyday starter. Yeah, and Hicks certainly, I think, fits the role as fourth outfielder, maybe better than putting the pressure on him as, as being a starter out there, at least to start the season for the Yankees. So after that move, uh, things were fairly quiet for about a month, and then the Yankees really got busy during the winter meetings. December 8th, they pulled the trigger on a big deal. They send Adam Warren to the Cubs. They get Starlin Castro. And this was the first move where you were like, okay, here's a a big move by the Yankees during this offseason that clearly improves the club because nobody was really sure who was going to play second base. And you go from not knowing who would be in that role to having a guy who's been in all-star games. Yeah, it's an interesting move. The, uh, there was a lot of talk about maybe the Yankees would dabble on the free agent market at second base. People were bringing up Ben Zobrist, Howie Kendrick. Uh, the Yankees looked at the price tags on those kind of guys and said, nah, there's, there's another way to do it. So they found a match with the Cubs. Uh, they were very encouraged by the player that Castro was in his final 40-something games of last year when he moved from shortstop to second base. Obviously, he lost his starting role to Addison Russell. But they believe he was a different player when he went to second base. They, they believe he has the ability to do that every day. And another positive of it is he can back up Dede Gregorius at shortstop. They're even going to try him this spring at third base to see if he can back up Chase Headley. So given that they have a roster where there's not a lot of flexibility with guys like Carlos Beltran and Alex Rodriguez, uh, this is one guy you can plug in, and he can fill a variety of roles for them, and he does offer them that flexibility. Now, before the Yankees left Nashville in the winter meetings, they pulled the trigger on another deal. They got Chad Green and Luis Sessa, two pitchers for Justin Wilson. So situation where they send away another pitcher. Well, we kept talking at that point about how the Yankees needed to bring in pitching, bring in pitching, yet they kept dealing pitching. Yeah, that was one of the things where Brian Cashman said uh, he didn't love the idea that they were going to trade Adam Warren. He was valuable as a swing man. He made starts. He pitched out of the bullpen. He did both pretty well. But uh, having done that to get Castro, at that point, Cashman felt like he needed to upgrade the depth. And, uh, you're going to go into spring training, you're going to have Brian Mitchell competing. He's probably the favorite to be that kind of swing man for replacing Warren. But Sessa in particular is a guy who probably slots right behind Mitchell there. So uh, they have to do something about the depth. At the time, I thought it might be a precursor to another move. But as it turns out, they're going to keep Sessa in green, and um, they're going to roll with that in spring training. But you've got to have those strength in numbers because, as we've seen the last couple of years, uh, the Yankees' depth in the pitching department does get tested on a regular basis. And then on December 28th, Brian, they, they really 
got the headlines, I guess you could say. They get a roll this Chapman. They finally get that dominant pitcher, but not a starting pitcher like a lot of people expected them to do. They go out instead and strengthen an already strong bullpen and kind of put together a three-headed monster out there in the bullpen. They get Chapman. They give up prospects in return, although because of what Chapman had been through, we had learned in the news as far as off-the-field issues, they probably gave up less than they thought they would have to. They absolutely did, because the Yankees tried to get Chapman at the trade deadline last year, and the asking price was just exorbitant. I mean, the Reds were asking for guys like Aaron Judge and Jorge Mateo and, and the players that Brian Cashman had made it clear he was not going to part with. Um, yeah, the domestic violence allegations, the, the deal between the Reds and the Dodgers fell through. At that point, Cashman jumped in and said, hey, uh, we're still interested in Chapman. What's it going to take? And, and really, even though it was four players, um, the Yankees wound up giving up. Really, if you consider the deal was Rookie Davis, a pitcher who could be a back-end starter in the big leagues, and Eric Gilo, who was a top prospect, uh, one of their top draft picks in, in recent years. But there's some question if he can even stick at third base. So um, a lot of people were not impressed with the package that the Reds got for Chapman, especially considering he's been a multiple-time All-Star, um, his closing ability. Obviously, the price tag dropped with what he's doing with off the field. Uh, we're still waiting to see if he's going to have some kind of suspension or discipline. Uh, that could be announced by March 1st. But uh, the thinking is, for at least most of the year, the Yankees will have the role this Chapman in the closer's role. And then they have Dylan Batances and Andrew Miller. I mean, as you said, that's a three-headed monster. And uh, there were only three pitchers in the major leagues who struck out 100 or more batters last year. And now the Yankees have all of them in their bullpen. Yeah, they've just certainly changed the, the how they will attack games, I think, because if they get through six innings with a lead, they're going to be tough to beat in the late innings. I think the, the most remarkable thing about all these moves, Brian, that they've made throughout this offseason is we talk about a trade for Hicks, trade for Castro, trade for Green and Sessa, trade for Chapman. Where are all the big free agents? Not this, not this, not this class, yeah. Uh, this was a, a concerted effort. The Yankees looked at the free agent class, and, and this is the first time since free agency began in the mid-'70s that the Yankees are going to sit out the entire free agent class. But uh, they made it very clear they're waiting out some of those longer commitments. They've gotten burned on some of them to some extent. Um, but over the next couple of years, you've got Mark Deshera, Alex Rodriguez, C.C. Sabathia, and Carlos Beltran all coming off the books. So uh, when you look ahead at the free agent class two years from now, and, um, by the way, there's a guy named Bryce Harper out there. I think the Yankees are not done spending money in the long term. It's just this, this offseason was one that they decided to sit out. When you look at this team right now and you compare it to the club that, that finished up the season in 2015, is this team better, and can it compete for the American League East? I think they're going to compete. Um, I'm not sure if they're better. I, I think that... They may be about the same. Um, I like a lot of what they've done, especially up the middle where you have Gregorius and now Starlin Castro. I think Castro is going to be a huge upgrade over Steven Drew. Um, the outfield is pretty much the same of what you expected. Uh, I think having Mark Deshera back and healthy, he was one of the better players in the American League before he got hurt last year. So if he can do that again, uh, they should have no problem there. I think the bullpen is better. Um, it's improved. Uh, then the rotation is where my question marks continue to be, and that's where they were last year, too. So I think it's a big if, and I feel like we said this at this time last year, but if Masahiro Tanaka can stay healthy, if CC Sabathia can be productive, if, if they can keep Michael Pineda and, and Nathan Avaldi and all these guys firing on all cylinders and, and get the ball to the bullpen, uh, they can 
keep a lot of leads, and they should be able to, to get a lot of wins. Yeah, that's a lot of ifs to keep an eye on as we get into spring training in the next couple of weeks. That'll do it for MLB.com Extras, Yankees edition. Brian Hoke, thanks a lot for joining us as always, and safe travels down to Tampa. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go. Every night, on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.